Hi, midlifers. So we're doing something a bit different this week. Um, we had such a long and ridiculous conversation the last time we spoke. Um, there was a, a lot that we didn't use. And usually the bits that I don't put into the episode, um, I've cut out because either we've gone off on a tangent or um, it gets a bit over-personal and you just kind of go, I don't really want anyone to hear that. Uh, but and that just that probably still will happen. And so this might be a really, really short episode. I don't know. Um, but what we decided was we'd <laughs> we had enough rubbish that we would just share with you this week. So it's kind of a part two from last week, but it's not a part two in the sense that we ended on a cliffhanger. It's just we had more banality that we wanted to share. So welcome to this week's episode of Midlifing, Return of the Banal. Roll titles. This is a podcast in which two friends talk about the pleasures, absurdities, and imperfections of being human. I'm Simon Ellis. And I'm Lee Miller. Welcome to Midlifing. No, I can't. I, I don't get it. It doesn't work for me. It's whatever it is that's. You and do you do that with students? If, did you do that with students who are trying to make something funny? I don't think. Oh, I don't think I would ever do it with a with a person who was trying to. Actually, no, I would say. Oh, you know, that's not funny. <laughs> that's that's not funny. That's, that's according just, to that's according to my cool. very specific tastes. That's not funny. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I would absolutely say that. I would give a. I, I would. I would clarify. I think it's cruel. I think it's punching. You know, I think it's punching down. I'd explain why I didn't think they were funny. Because you, in response to this article from the Onion, which uh, will be in the show notes, and people can decide yeah. for themselves. Um, I'm sure everybody else will laugh and they'll just think I'm a humorless prig. That's fine. That you sent me some Victoria Victoria Wood, right? Yeah, I did, which, again, I know um, Victoria Wood sits in that curious place of uh, never really quite being cool enough mm. when she was when she was being broadcast. She was very, you know, very ITV. I don't know what that means. On big, well, and um, lots of our listeners won't know what that means. So, okay, well, let me let me explain. So you've got uh, when I was a kid, there were there were three channels in the UK. There was the BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV. And what does ITV um, stand I, for? International. ITV is in, um, independent television. Independent. That's right. So ITV was the commercial station in the UK, and BBC One and BBC Two were the the two and paid for um, by the license. Paid the for BBC. by the license. Yeah, exactly. And so there was always an understanding that because ITV had to. Like wash its own face. It was slightly more, and by slightly more, I mean a lot more populist in its tone. Mm. Now, to be clear, 
There was a lot of shit on the BBC and there was a lot of really high quality output from ITV. But if we were to, you know, boil it down, there was a sort of sense, were you a BBC household or were you an ITV household? And I knew that I was always avowedly an ITV household because we watched the news at 5.45, not at 6 o'clock. And is that a cla- was that, is that divided class. on class? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a class thing. It's also an aspira- It was an aspirational thing. It doesn't exist in the UK in the same way anymore, although there are still holdovers of vestiges that. of yeah yeah yep. um and so uh, i think that that victoria wood even though she went on to have shows on the bbc she started on itv and there was something quite populist about her and something quite um she was emerging at the same time that a lot of the what we think of as the alternative comics of the 1980s the um the John Sessions, the French and Saunders, the Ben Eltons, those people who were like uh, yeah. more, even even Alexi Sale maybe, those people who were in dialogue with um, attacking, uh, attacking the, the, well, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But also I just think attacking the, the, the status quo um, mm. in a very particular way. And they were all university educated yeah um, mostly oxbridge right they're mostly from Oxford, yeah right? mostly from oxbridge and so there's that sort of that that lineage of monty python kind of sort mm. of which that i imagine that out of. people like which um um people like uh stephen fry and that group yeah fry and laurie were another yeah, yeah, exactly, they, yeah, yeah. They, they come out a little bit a little later, bit later but, yeah, yeah but not much i'm not thinking much. about um i'm thinking about the you know uh baldwick what's the um yeah blackadder blackadder yeah they're all you know they're all much of a much as they all come out around about the same they, but, they they all emerge from what i think was the uh the comic strip presents now the weird thing about the comic strip presents is the comic strip presents was a channel four output which has people like alexi sale who is not i just see that was that I, something i don't got umo ah i got umo ah what was that song hello again midlifers so this is futurely jumping in to say those noises that Simon is making is actually this Alexi Sale track, which I will play you a bit of now. Yeah. Do you know yeah, the yeah, one? Yeah, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, got any more? Ah, ah, yeah, that one, yeah. So, yeah, so that's that at the same time, you've got um, Victoria Wood, who is plowing a much gentler and apparently more um, mainstream furrow. But what I think is quite interesting is if you go on YouTube and you watch some of the stuff from people like Fry and Laurie or French and Saunders or, or, or those who have come out of the alternative comedy circuit just hasn't it hasn't um stood the test of time in the way that victoria wood does but the best thing about it is you see that connie connie plays and sings till about two o'clock in the morning and it's nice you know if you've maybe had a couple of drinks too many you're sitting up at the bar you're thinking about somebody you loved and lost so many years before and connie's husky voice comes drifting through the smoke A very, very 
very talented singer-songwriter. How can I describe her if you've never heard her? She's a sort of mixture of Barry Manilow, Suzanne Vega and Carly Simon. She's got a big nose, a headscarf, and she get a whole wagon wheel in her mouth without biting it in two. <laughs> but she's been around, has Connie. She's been around. And her songs reflect that. It's one about Aberystwyth. <laughs> but she, she's been in love. And she's been hurt. It's over. We've missed the bus. Nice idea, but not for us. We didn't click, let's make it quick and say goodbye. Don't hold my hand and don't demand a reason why. No loving looks, no fond regards. Tonight was always on the cards. I like big muscles, you were thin and lanky. I like nice manners, you were far too cranky. You blew your nose and then looked in your hanky. <laughs> She was a real heart wrencher. I thought that love would be a big adventure. Then saw the spinach on your bottom denture. <laughs> Things would never have worked. I wanted champagne and oysters, cause that's the way I am. You gave me Vimto, tinned carrots, and spam. <laughs> Rapport's a thing you just can't manufacture. You had your pin-up girl, I couldn't match her. I didn't want to, it was Mrs. Thatcher. <laughs> I wanted love to come and knock our blocks off. But even Venus takes a card and clocks off. Your idea of foreplay was to take your socks off. <laughs> I wanted moonlight and roses and all that silly tosh. You wanted gerbils. Whip it, a wash. <laughs> I wanted love poems, but you couldn't write them. My earlobes nibbled, but you wouldn't bite them. You'd only fart and then attempt to light them. <laughs> We're not compatible, let's not get blue, dear. At least we see each other's point of view, dear. Big hunky men, and so do you, dear. Victor, the one you sent me, well, you sent me a couple, but the first one I watched yeah. was was a very. It was interesting that you talk about it in terms of a kind of low. Uh, you, you know that her being on ITV because there was the characters like to me were a little bit like I would I would call it touching on smug the kind of the kind of things that happen in Australia with a like um, Kath and Kim where they were it was uh, it's quite common in that period this is late nineties early two thousands I guess where they would um, upper class people or classed people or well-educated people would play dumb people and play them as if they were from another class. And so Kath and Kim was a, like for me, a classic example of that. And I think there's, a, and there's something kind of smug and looking down your nose at, at, yeah. um, at a different social class. So there was something about, but I don't know the accents well enough in this country, but yeah, also, but, and, and 
that's that's the interesting thing. Um, she's she's she was born in the same town that I was born in, so she's from Bury, she's from the north, north. Of Manchester. yeah, right, yeah. And although she is she's deliberately using a kind of a, a faux Cockney accent in the sketch that we're talking about, but the... she's she's still playing. I mean, she's deliberately playing with that notion of archetype, and the whole but text is but around. It's that also, idea of... so. It's so painfully clever. I mean, it is incredibly mm. clever. It's sort of like mm. almost like a kind of, um, you know, it's a little bit forced entertainment in terms of their kind of knowingness, the sort of meta yeah. aspect of. Um, so, I mean, it's very, very funny. I did find it very funny, but I'm also, there's a lot of, I did have that feeling like, I'm not sure I like this as much as Lee is liking, you know, that kind yeah. of. Um, and and we're we're right back to taste formation, and I think probably that uh, that's why I followed it up with the second clip because the first clip I sent you, although I really really like it, comes from much later in her work where she is she's she's deconstructing her own practice. Totally, she's, she's totally. doing something much incredibly um, sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. But I would also say if you go back to some of the very early stuff from Wooden Walters on ITV or or from um, as seen on TV. Um, in that, from when she moved over to the BBC, the, there is still a level of meta ness that is going on there, where she she's very clearly articulating an understanding of the televisual form mm. as you know, and, and being able to to because I sent you that clip of the the daytime TV show, mm. uh, you know. Anyway, Just, this will yeah. Sorry, no, no, it's great. It's um um, and she, she's on your mum's spreadsheet. Uh, yeah, and that was. One of those moments where whenever I don't understand people crying for the death of somebody they've never met in the public eye, I remind myself how upset I was at the death of Victoria Wood. How long ago? Was it two years ago? Three years oh, ago? Was more it, than that. Or was it, it was pre, before, it was pre, pre Way pre-pandemic. She died the same year, in fact, the same month as Prince. Oh, that could be any time. So I'm guessing 2018. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know. But so she's right underneath Prince on your mum's. Oh, I like that. What a, what I'm a... not sure. I think I think she died after Prince, but it was like it was her Prince Bowie. They all died around about the same the same window of time. I think, as my memory serves. Um, and she was the least, um, you know, the least celebrated of those deaths, and maybe understandably given Prince and David Bowie's sort of international acclaim um 2016 I, was prince by 2016 the way. oh well she was 2016 as well when was bowie mm. while well, we, well, we're at it so victoria wood died oh really very um you're right uh april 2016 i would if you'd said to me david bowie died in two, i would just be that would be um I think he might have been a smidge before or a smidge after, but it's a, it's kind of January two thousand sixteen. Oh, it's right. Ah, there we go. Yeah, so they, they all were within yeah. the they were, yeah, winter spring. Yeah, yeah, and and she was understandably you know the least famous of of the three, but also it felt like the least remarked upon, and and uh, but the one that that hit me the hardest, mm. and I was really surprised. And is that just because is that because was, of her the timing of her her rise in terms of your childhood? Do you think? I don't know. I think it was. It, I would. I. Mm, I had always found her funny. Although I remember, I remember stopping at a colleague's house, 
Um, so I would have been, what would I have been? I've been in late in my late twenties, and it was, you know, I I seem to have spent my entire life traveling around for jobs in universities and never quite living at home. It feels like that's what I've always done. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's that's exactly how I th- I picture you in your car, stopping <laughs> at gas stations and um, picking yeah. up bottles of piss. Yeah, that's pretty much that. You're describing my my PhD. Um, <laughs> uh, Lee's PhD will be in the show notes. It takes up a certain amount of space, but I'm going to copy it. I'm going to type it out word for word. I um... <laughs> riveting, riveting, listeners, riveting. Hey, it's really Actually, I'll just I'll just copy out the words that Lee wrote, not the words that Bob wrote. <laughs> oh, we're not going down. That <laughs> shit. Um. So my first job, um, I was living in Lancaster, but I got a job in Manchester. Manchester, yeah, um, South Manchester, and and I I re- remember, and I, I wasn't being paid that much. I was being, you know, I was an hourly paid member of staff, and I had something cr- something like two hours on a Thursday and two hours on a Friday, right? Um, and it was enough to make it worth the journey down but it wasn't enough to make the worth it it wasn't enough to make it worth the journey there and back and there and back <laughs> i thought you were going to say <laughs> i did think it was worth the journey down but not worth the not journey worth back so back. i stayed there the whole time <laughs> yeah. no, it wasn't, i got you, know, you. you didn't go there and back there yeah. and back yeah so what i did was i i <laughs> I slept in the car park of the university. <laughs> um, in a, at the time, uh, <laughs> <at> the... <laughs> I don't know why I find that funny, except that I can just imagine you doing that. <laughs> I think. Do you know? Do you know why? Did you it's, do that last year as well? I've done it so much. I slept in my office last year. <laughs> did you really? I really did. I I can say this out loud now that I've left. But in my <laughs> bottom drawer was a, was a pillow <laughs> and, a and a sheet. <laughs> uh, I always had my uh, my my dop kit with me, so I was fine for cleaning my teeth. And I'd have, I'd snuck a fold out bed in, and I kept it underneath my desk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I would just sleep in my office. I put. Uh, oh, we, you know what we had uh, when I was. This is just uh, so different. Um, at my when I was doing my masters, uh, this is at Otago University School of Physical Education. We had a, I shared an office, two people, or two of us, amazing office on top floor. There was a little ladder up to a loft. Um, go up there, sleep anytime, and of course we could also enter the building at any time. Mm. So I, if I'd <laughs> gone out, I go, oh, I can't be bothered walking home. I go up there and sleep there. Ridiculous! Yeah. Now it's, it sounds like another. I mean, it sounds like fifty years. Well, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Don't start counting. Um, I think I. Um, I mean, it was it was a mission to sleep in the office. <laughs> you mean? Oh, I mean, t- t- last year when I was at a, a northern institution, it was <clears throat> like there was there was a two hour window where I would basically hold my breath. Uh, and stay really still while security did the very sweeps to make sure that I didn't get caught. Really? It was, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Why don't you just go and tell them? I guess you weren't allowed. Because you weren't allowed, because there's all sorts of, like, you know, God, they wouldn't let me have a toaster in the kitchen. You can oh, imagine health and safety. About me sl- yeah, exactly. Um, health and safety. The funny, I knew about health and safety in this country before I got here, but nothing could prepare me for uh, the obsession 
and no, the no. the ever present excuse. It doesn't matter what the answer is. Yeah. The yeah. Uh, sorry, the question is the answer is no, and the reason yeah. is uh-huh. health and safety. It's mind, but it is. It's not been risk assessed. Oh God, give me a break! And that, I remember actually yeah. going to do some work in um, in Bulgaria. Uh, was no, no, in Macedonia, and uh, I was there for quite some time. And this. And the hilarity of being in this theatre where there's holes in the floor and, and it was just like it was the wild west in terms of um health and I'd just and I'd just been um indoctrinated, no, initiated into uh, <laughs> health and safety rules at the University of Northampton and boy did it feel good to be in a place where I could we could just do anything, like a dirty yeah. space. Yeah. And we survived. We survived. Yeah. Oh, I want to yes, bang my head on this microphone. Uh, please don't, because I then have to just do all the... Uh, editing fancy Editing bits. <laughs> to get rid of the noise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I used to sleep in my car. <laughs> that's right. I'm sorry, I've forgotten. I've forgotten and, that story you were telling okay. about five Every, minutes ago. Everything's in brackets. Uh, so I used to sleep in my car. And <laughs> I was, I'm just Cut gonna... this out, but that's the best show title ever. <laughs> I'm going to open another set now, which is no, not really helpful because the whole idea of sleeping in a car for me didn't feel like that big of a problem. It was like I wanted the job, no big deal. And yet now I have conversations with people who are saying, you know, the emotional labor that it takes for me to engage in this practice is really, really difficult. And on one level, I'm there's a part of me that's going, yep. Yep, I understand and I support the position that you're you're taking and I, I think we really need to protect you and ensure that, that people on precarious uh, uh, precarious salaries are looked after. And then another bit of me is going, I slept in a fucking car! You know, so there's... I I, <laughs> I find myself being deeply cussful in you these haven't, moments. You haven't, you haven't yet um, y- yelped out, just grow a pair. <laughs> well, <laughs> Wouldn't be no. great in your job, would it? <laughs> No, because I, I actually, I do believe that people need to be protected, and I do believe that zero hours contracts are the, you know, the the death knell of of, uh, of civilization and and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, I am just also aware that I, my lived experience was very different, and mm. I felt quite lucky to have a job. So I, I know I, I was in a different, it was a different world, a bit like your, um, well, probably about the same time as you doing your masters. Yeah. Yeah, ninety. Always a different world. Ninety. No, it would have been a bit earlier. I reckon ninety. Um, ninety two, ninety three. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, because this would have been ninety seven. Ninety seven yeah. that I was working. Uh, I was sleeping yeah. in a car. But David and Bowie, Prince, and Victoria Wood were still alive. That's for sure. They were very much alive. And I was sleeping in my car, and I happened to mention it to a former, co- uh, not a former colleague, a former lecturer of mine who I was, you know, on quite friendly terms with. And he was really cross. He went, I live like 20 minutes away from the campus that you're working at. You can stay at my house. I was like, oh, I don't know. That feels weird. And he went, no, no, no. I insist. And um, so I, I ended up staying at this this guy's house. And um, him and his, his wife were very, very kind um, in that they let me stay there for probably an entire academic year on a Thursday, into, a Thursday night into Friday morning. And I, I remember sitting one evening and Dinner Ladies, which was Victoria Wood's sitcom, was on the TV. And I laughed at something. And that sense of it not being cool 
was really oh. like uh, it was really strongly communicated to me that this was you know this was lowbrow this wasn't this isn't the kind of thing that academics found funny you know this is this is why it's this is why it's just not good and so I got this kind of like a little bit of initiation <sighs> didn't you yeah and and to my shame I think I let that bother me mm. and so I would I would moderate my responses to things much like your oh, I've, um, yeah i have zero legs your, to stand yeah. on in that um well, yeah, yeah but i mean and i i i didn't last for very long because i i rem- remember coming home and it being on and sort of talking it through with bob and bob going if it makes you laugh it makes you laugh and that's kind of the start and stop of it that's really all you need to worry about you don't need to explain or defend unless what you are laughing at is offensive. And yes, then... yes, but that, but I, yeah, I'm, yes, I think in theory, but the, in practice, though, because the laughing and not laughing is so, and also the way in which we try and fit in, regardless of yeah. the circumstances we're in, that, those are much bigger things than is it funny, or do I find it funny or not? Oh, absolutely. But I think that living with the person that I live with and articulating my anxiety to the person who has zero interest in impressing anybody else. She does have a particular way about her in that respect. That's true. Yeah. Mm, this is um that comes from an extraordinary place of um of self-respect and dignity for me that i i find that side of i find it extraordinary i'm kind of in awe of it but also just as a little aside um one of my favorite things about bob is um when i when she she when she laughs she really laughs and she does that <laughs> Kind of, there's a particular. I don't didn't do it very well at all. There's a particular kind of ha thing that she does, which I really, 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 really love. Um, but yeah, that that sense of um, where that comes from, that uh, capacity of hers, is is that is gold for yeah. for a human being, and so rare, so rare. It's a very instructive thing to find yourself um, around measured against. Well, I was thinking <laughs> measured against. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't, I couldn't, I'm a dwarf. I'd be looking up some it's, kind of pristine it's, elf. It's, uh, but it is a really, really weird thing, you know, and, and I'm glad that, I'm glad we were only in our late 20s when she said, no, if it makes you laugh, you laugh at it. And if somebody tells you you're laughing at it and it's cruel, then interrogate why you're laughing. Otherwise, mm. who gives a shit what they think? And I was like, what? What? <laughs> I uh, often listen to. Um, I think I know, you know this about this. I listen to podcasts in the middle of the oh, night. I do where, know, you know, yeah, and they wake you up with terrifying uh, bits of information in your brain. Yeah, they do a little bit. Um, but uh, the I often listen to a psychologist, a Buddhist psychologist called Tara Brack, and they're just perfect because her voice is really warm, and um, uh, they're you know basic rule. They're interesting enough, but not so interesting. And um, they're <laughs> interesting enough to get my mind off whatever it is that's woken me up. Mm-hmm. And the other day she was um, talking about survival of the nurtured, not survival of the fittest. And um, Oh. Yeah, and I, it really – it was just a little bit too interesting because I, woke, I woke up like it got me thinking. So she failed me. She failed me sleep-wise, but she – and I really – it was just something about it. This is – I don't know if this is an ending or not, but um, there was something about it that really took my attention in terms of oh, just a very simple thing, which is um, 
that we flourish when we're nurtured. And um, that seems like a very, very obvious and simple thing to say. But so there's something about the kind of, I, I guess I'm putting that with the idea of, uh, of not being in a sort of situation where you're in competition with people or that you have to be better than them or that there was something about the sort of integrity of that, which really appeals to me. Really, really appeals to me. 